Hello, Napa Valley lovers. Wine may be my thing, but I do dig a great cocktail. And today we'll be talking about the art of mixology here in wine country with this year's top drink Napa Valley competition champion, Jacob Cheney. Before we get to him, I do want to invite you to come, come visit us here at Judd's Hill in Napa Valley. We'll show you a good time with some fine wine and give you an experience to remember. All of our visiting information is at www.juddshill.com. We'll look forward to seeing you here at the winery. While you're on the website, pick up some Pinot Noir. Now's a great time to be sipping some Pinot. For my listeners, I've got a little special. Put some Pinot in your basket. It can be either our estate Pinot or our Central Coast Pinot Noir. Then type in JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show. So JNVS is the code to get 10% off. That offer is good through the end of May 2013. And if you're one of our wine club members, you'll get a better deal than that even. And if you're not a wine club member, join. It's free to join. We'll send you great wine. We'll invite you to events, parties, dinners. You can get the home version of our famous bottle blending day camp where you can blend your own wine at home. And if you find something you really like, let us know what it is. And we'll bottle up some bottles and get it over to you. All that information is also at judshill.com. Enjoy looking around the website. Enjoy coming to visit us and enjoy today's show. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Ain't that the truth? And I've got a couple friends here in the studio right now. And it has been quite a few days, at least for me. My goodness, um, always so much happening in Napa Valley. Just this past weekend, I think I attended, hosted, emceed, or judged at least, at least four different events. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of them today. One of them, Saturday night was for Children's Health Initiative, Napa County, a fantastic organization, raising some much-needed funds to keep our children of the community healthy. This, this organization, uh, their goal is to have 100% coverage for the children of Napa County to make sure that they have access to health care and health insurance. If you'd like to find out a little bit more, go to their website, napachi.org, napachi.org. And you can read about their mission. You can even give a few bucks. There's a donate button, and I would highly encourage you all to do that. You know, a healthy community is everyone's goal here. And by the way, if you donate, um, well, whatever it is that you feel comfortable donating, they can take every dollar and turn that into $7 worth of health care for the children of our community. So check out NapaCHI.org. I want to let folks know it is just stunning in Napa Valley. We had a little rain yesterday, but the sun's out again. Folks are hitting hitting the trail, getting to the uh, tasting rooms here, the world-famous wineries. The Napa Vintners Association has a program called Napa Neighbors. And if you go to their website, napavintners.com, it's right there on their homepage. You can click and see which wineries in Napa Valley are participating in this. Every winery that is a, a part of Napa Neighbors has some kind of special. Certainly, we at Judd's Hill offer complimentary tastings if you're a Napa County resident. But I encourage the locals to get out, explore the treasures that Napa Valley offers in the way of our wines and wineries. And one of the best ways to do that is to check out NapaVintners.com. Click on Napa Neighbors. See who, um, who's giving it up for the locals. Uh, our announcer... Mr. Lauren Mole is here with us in studio today. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Judd. Right on. Good to see you. You've got, you've always got something coming up. Uh, this very weekend, you will be appearing in a production of Annie. Yes, in Sonoma. That's right. It's May 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, and you will be playing the part of, it's a big part, 
Franklin D. Roosevelt. President Roosevelt. You're going to give us a little uh, preview? You did the other week. Can you give it to us again? That was great. Sure. My friends, I say again, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Fantastic. All right. So if you're looking for something fun to do this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, head on over. This is going to be in Sonoma. Tickets are available at Pharmaca in Sonoma. Not here in Napa, but Pharmaca in Sonoma. And the box office at the uh, Sonoma Veterans Auditorium will open an hour before performance if you want to get there. Tickets are only $17 and uh, $15 for seniors and children. So I bet you're pretty excited about that, aren't you? Yes, I am. Uh, have you been? Uh, how long have you been rehearsing for that? Oh, since January. Oh, my goodness. It's been several months. It has been. And you're enjoying it? I am. You're a veteran of the stage, though, aren't you? I am. You've done Peter Pan... What other shows have you been in? Oh, a lot of others. All right. We'll leave it at that. A man of mystery, Mr. Lauren Mole. Uh, other chances to see Lauren, though. This is really exciting uh, for you baseball and particularly Giants fans. The video that you made, the music video, which we've discussed before with Everybody's a Star, uh, with you singing uh, the Michael Buble song, um, will be playing on the big screen at the Giants game on June 5th. That's correct. How did that come about? How did you get into that mix? Well, that's because the, the Giants and the Warriors are now behind the uh, the foundation. The Everybody is a Star Foundation? Yes. That's wonderful. So they hooked up that you would get to appear via video. Yes. And if folks want to see that video before they get to the Giants game, they go to everybodystar.com. Is that correct? Uh, actually, it's everybodystar.com. Org. .org. Ooh, pardon me. Thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. So everybodystar.org. Check out this video uh, Lauren made. It, it is super slick, professional music video, and you're great in it. You're singing the song. You're not lip syncing. It's actually you. you got a good voice. I mean, we knew you have a good speaking voice, but you got a good singing voice, too. Why, thank you, Jed. All right. Another chance to see Lauren August 6th back at the Giants home game here in San Francisco. You are actually going to be leading Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Yes. Talk about everybody's a star. I had no idea the celebrity status we have here. Now, how did that come about? Also through the foundation? Also through the foundation. What, what were they looking for? Are there going to be other folks joining you, or is it just you? Uh, my other friend, Eva Sapper, will be joining me as well. And she has a video there as well, does she? Yes. At everybodystar.org? Yes. That's exciting. Are you rehearsing that? Oh, yes. Well, at least we already know the, the whole song. Oh, yeah? You want to give us the first bar? Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Awesome. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. All right, that is August 6th. Anybody looking to have a good time at the ball game, you'll get a Giants game. Who are they playing? I didn't look it up. Do you know? Uh, I think it might be the Brewers. Okay, great. Well, whoever it is, it's going to be a fun day out at the park here in San Francisco. And... Lauren Mole, our very own announcer for Judd's Napa Valley show, will be leading the throngs, the thousands of spectators in Take Me Out to the Ballgame. Are you going to get to be on the field or you do it from the announcer's box? Uh, I think we actually get to do it from the field, but I wish I could have done it in the announcer's box, but oh well. Either way, it's going to be great. Well, you're going to well, be there. Way. Ask somebody to take you over to the announcer's box and check it out. Well, sure. Because that's, that's a seat you'll be occupying one day. I'm confident of that. There you go. Right on. All right, we have a little bit of a show to get to. Shall we do it? Sure. Let's do it, Judd. All right. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people. 
on Judd's Napa Valley show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley show. On Judd's Napa Valley show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley show. And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Judd Fingelstein. Thank you very much, Lauren. Good morning, Judd. Good morning, Lauren. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. My pleasure. So this past weekend, as I mentioned, there were so many events going on, and one that I was absolutely uh, honored to be a part of, flattered to be asked to be a judge, was the second annual Top Drink Napa Valley competition. And this benefited the Napa Valley Museum, sponsored by the fine folks at Charbet, distilling some of the best booze you could go out and drink. And it featured several, several of our just top restaurants here in Napa Valley, having their bartenders, bar managers, mixologists come up with a cocktail for the event. And I was asked to be on the panel of six judges. And it was one of the, uh, well, really, one of the most difficult things I've done in a long time, because... A lot of wonderful drinks being put in front of me, and so hard to be hypercritical. It's not in my nature. You know, I kind of go with a gut reaction, like, I like this, I don't like this. And pretty much everything I had, you know, I liked it, but I had to then really pick it apart, which, which is tough for me. And I don't see how professional critics do this. I think if I had a job as a restaurant critic, I would stop liking to eat, which is unimaginable because I like eating so much, but I would would pick apart everything I ate. Um, But anyhow, so at the end of the day, there had to be a winner out of the, uh, how many drinks were there? Eight, nine? Uh, Jacob, do you know? Eight. There was eight drinks. And so we we invited the winner here today, and his name, go ahead, Lauren, would you please introduce our guest? Sure, John. And now... Please welcome to the 1440 KVON studio in the beautiful Napa Valley, Napa's top drink champion and mixologist, Jacob Chani. Jacob, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's probando, really probando. <laughs> so, so, okay, you, you won. I, I did. <laughs> it's not a spoiler alert. It happened. You won out of all of these uh, fantastic restaurants, um, some some really well known for their actually all of them very well known for their bar programs. Um, your drink turned into the top drink, Napa Valley, and it was um, it was stunning to look at. You know of the of the drinks that were presented. Everyone did a great job with the presentation, but just the color of the drink itself certainly caught my eye and made me go, well, well, well. What do we have here? So tell me a little bit about the drink you presented and what it was and what it is. Thank, thank you, Judd. Um, first, I just want to thank everybody that actually went out there and, and supported all the all the creative mixologists behind uh, behind the bars. Uh, there's lots of creative minds in itself going out and taking taking some time to actually go out and having a good time for Cinco de Mayo. It was it was fun. You see a lot of really cool stuff that uh, you don't see on an average daily basis. Um, so uh, the drink was uh, La Dama Perfecta. Um, we used... Uh, Very perfect, cool name. Thank you. Uh, we used uh, Perfect Puree over, over in Napa. They do a pretty good job uh, in, the, in, the, in the kitchen to come up with some pretty cool uh, flavors to, to, to work with behind the bar. 
Um, so it's a it's a prickly pear puree to them. That's what gave it that just shocking. That, yeah, that bright pop. Purple yeah, color. It's, it's a nice one. Uh, I mean, if you went, I, I've done purees from scratch for prickly pear, and the, it's uh, it's a pain. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's more seeds than anything. So uh-huh. it's it's nice that you can get that uh, on any given time. Uh, they uh, they do a nice puree, and then uh, a little bit of a tapatio, one ten of all. Uh, so it has a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a bite, but some good, some good uh, agave notes to it. That, the tapatio uh, is the tequila, not the, tequila, the hot sauce. Yeah. Tapatio, yeah, right. <laughs> no hot sauce. There were some spicy drinks. Being there was, up. yeah, there was. There was quite a few. Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's lots of uh, Mexican spices that you can work with that complement uh, a nice, refreshing Cinco de Mayo day. So it's, right, right. it was, it was nice uh, to to work with. So uh, the Tapatio 110 proof tequila. Yeah, prickly it, pear. Yeah, it's through Marco Charbet. Um, prickly pear puree, uh, a little bit of jicama, which is uh, in the culinary kitchens of pretty much almost almost every Mexican grandmother. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of uh, mint, give it a light, refreshing note to it. Some agave, some mint, lime juice. Um, it's it was a nice refreshing drink, uh, but there was as I said there was quite a few different drinks that uh, that I believe that were were pretty pretty good too. Yeah, the flavor profiles across those um, eight drinks really ran the gamut. There was some that really focused on the sweetness, <laughs> some that really focused on the heat. Yeah, there were some absolutely kind of because tequila, the it was sort of like Iron Chef. You guys had to make a drink using Tapatio tequila. Right, uh, a, a blanco. Um, they're one ten, a reposado, or an añejo. Right, yeah. But tequila was the main. Ingredient. Absolutely. So yeah. these all had to use tapatio tequila. One of those, and folks got creative. So there was there were sweet drinks, there were spicy drinks, and then yours, yours. You know, I was surprised by the color of it. I mean, I guess that shocking magenta, pinkish, purplish color to me just screams, "Oh, this is going to be uh, a sweet drink." But it wasn't. It was really well balanced. You know, it was dry in all the right places. Uh, a hint of the fruit was coming out with the prickly pear. And uh, to be honest, on my first sip, you guys topped it off with um, your house-made vermouth that you've carbonated. Yeah, yeah. So I took the first sip, and that's what I tasted. And it, I'll be honest, it threw me at first because I wasn't getting the underlying. I didn't use a straw. You know, I didn't mix it in. I was just getting the vermouth, and I thought, this is. This is odd. Yeah, they, they, sure. they, they put a, I put a little jicama so you can actually blend it accordingly as to kind of like a swizzle on it. But you did but a good job of chilling it because the jicama was frozen to the bottom of the glass. <laughs> I couldn't move the jicama. <laughs> but, but luckily I revisited it. The vermouth had a little bit of astringency to it because some of the herbs that you put in there. And it's really nice. And, and you know what? I wish you could see this. He brought us some right now. It's this beautiful pink color, and I'm taking a sip of it right now. And it, it's <laughs> lovely. But um, it wasn't until... Uh, I had a chance to let the ice melt a little bit and um, give it a stir and incorporate that. That I started to see the the beauty of the complexity nice. of the drink. Yeah, it's it's nice uh, with any vermouth. I mean, it's it's something you want to have either a sweet one to complement a cocktail, a digestif, aperitif, but something just just light, a little floral, uh, hint of bitterness. Put it on the rocks. Nice spring summer day. That's I, I could drink quite a few of these. Yeah, so. this is a good drink. I'm getting distracted because it smells <laughs> so good too. Now, when you make your house made vermouth, you what are you adding? This is not just straight. I start off with. Wine. I mean, you could add, you could you could use a red wine or a white wine. Um, you tend to want to do something a little, little more on the lighter side, mm-hmm. a little bit of acidity. Um, uh, Uni blanc, Pinot Gris, uh, uh, any, any one of those could could do nicely if you're gonna. 
incorporate a lot of different herbal aspects to it. Um, this has a few different Mexican spices. That's what I want to find out. It is so aromatic and lovely. What yeah, it has, some, you... it has some hibiscus, some lavender. There's a few different Mexican um, spice blends, Siete Azares. There's a oh, what is that one? Siete Azares. Siete Azares. And, I mean, there's like seven different spices in that. You can find it at any, any Mexican market pretty much anywhere. Great. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit of uh, dried fruit. There's some dried apricots, some dried apples. Uh, I mean, you play around with it. You can make your, your own house-made vermouth at home. It's, it's not too complicated. And if you get it too, a little too sweet or too harsh, uh, dilute accordingly. And, and basically you're giving a, a, a distilled spirit to, to, to let it, to let it uh, stay fresh in the glass. Um, so um, vodka was something that I wanted to do on that. And, uh, any other gin or, or, or um, brandy or, or whiskey would just not complement the, the vermouth entirely. So it's nice. Uh, have a few bottles of it at home and yeah. enjoy it this summer, yeah. Is that where you concocted your La Dama Perfecta? Was at home? Or was yeah, I mean, I have La Dama Perfecta at home. Uh, my fiance. Um, oh but, yeah, named after her. Good but, man. Yeah, absolutely. But um, but in all honesty, I mean, using perfect puree, I thought it was. I mean, it was a perfect name for it. So it was good. They do a good job as well, um, doing some some nice purees. And I'm sure a lot of restaurants around the valley um, use their your their peach bellinis on every <laughs> Sunday brunch. Yeah, it's probably them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's it's good stuff. Uh, is this drink available at Bricks where you work? Uh, I have a few bottles of the vermouth there. Um, I think we're in the process of actually putting uh, uh, it on the menu. Um, I need I need to get some tequila. <laughs> so oh. yeah, it's uh, you have uh, it's being it it's such a new new um, new tequila that uh, in the process of putting a. Uh, the whole paperwork involved, but uh, it'll be there, yeah. I hope so, and I think the tequila is key. You integrated it well without letting the flavors of the tequila dominate. They were still there, kept it subtle, made it um, just a lovely drink. And I think the 110, the 110 proof was key uh, because it's sort of a light drink, and I think if you didn't, this is just me talking now, but, um, you know, what do I know? I'm just a a wino and a boozer, but... um, I think if it wasn't the 110, you'd lose a little bit of the body, and I think that really held it up. I think that was a good choice. No, yeah, that, that's exactly what the uh, the chefs, uh, the judge, excuse me, were actually mentioning that it actually held up because it's um, uh, the puree in itself can be a little little sweet plus the agave, um, but uh, but the 110 actually balanced it out as well as the vermouth. So it's a nice drink. Thank you. In in preparing to compete against all of these folks here in Napa Valley. Well, how do you do it? How do you prep yourself? How do you prep the drink? What are you thinking of when you're trying to concoct a championship drink? How do you get it ready for competition? I've done a few of these. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, spoon bar holds a lot of um, competitions that are that are pretty fun to attend or compete in itself. Um, but uh, I mean, it's it's having fun, uh, not taking it too seriously. You're, you're there with a bunch of uh, mixologists and seeing all their creative minds and heads and you see what's what trends and what's not has been trendy and 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 basically come up with something that you haven't that people haven't seen before mm-hmm. and 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 have fun especially uh so it was fun there was a, there was a lot of drinks there that uh that i enjoyed uh, seeing and, and tasting uh mexican flag in an ice cube i mean that was incredible <laughs> that was from uh lucy at the bartisono yeah uh, i thought one of the best presentations of the day you're right they took it was uh, it was a solid ice cube, but they had somehow they layered it. Layered it, yeah. So you had green, 
uh, white and red. Um, the green, oh boy, I should have taken notes. The green was was an herbal or, or, or chili pepper type puree. The white, I remember, was an onion water. And when it diluted, definitely the onion flavor That's awesome. got into the drink. That was a really spicy one, too. Nice if you like real spicy Bloody Mary nice. or just a lot of heat. That was a great one. And then the red... Sorry, folks at Lucy. I, I don't have my notes with me, but um, go to, go go over to Bartisona. They got a great bar program, yeah. so so quiz them over there in Yauntville. And if nothing else, you know, have a drink and, and use their bathroom. Have you been in there? <laughs> they have those robot toilets at Bartisona. They're just incredible. So great drinks and great toilets at Bartisono. <laughs> Head on over. <laughs> have you been bartending a long time? Uh, I've been bartending for about five years give or take i've yeah. managed restaurants prior to that worked at different luxury hotels in the valley and napa valley excuse me uh, a few different uh more of the corporate restaurant environments in southern california uh just like food like wine uh the best place to do it is in napa so now why is that what inspires you here uh being that you have a lot of competition, a lot of creative minds, and there's certainly a lot of money here. So <laughs> <laughs> good wine, good weather. Um, so it's it's nice. I mean, I my commute to work is 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 through Highway 12, 121 every day, never any traffic. It's beautiful, too. So, and it's beautiful. So I'm, I'm not complaining. <laughs> there's got to be no shortage of good ingredients, too, whether Absolutely. it's something from the garden or something yeah. from the bottle. This is right here from my garden, yeah. So it's it's nice, yeah. Well, this is worth mentioning, too, Jacob. Um, you brought in a beautiful platter of caviar to enjoy for us. i got to say, I have uh, chefs in here. I've had folks who are brewers. I've Whoever it is, and not to knock them down, they're all fabulous people, <laughs> and I love them. But the, this is the second time I've had a bartender slash mixologist, and we can get into uh, your feelings on those words, those titles. But both times now, those are the folks, you and Andrew Salazar, who is now, I believe, at the Thomas Fagiani's, nice. was the bar, bar manager up at Bar Terra for, uh, inaugurated that. But, but it's the bartenders who brought in stuff for us to enjoy. Drinks and now a little caviar. Beets, donuts, and coffee. Yeah, so uh, chefs uh, and everybody else, you know, up the game. If I invite you on, want to earn a few more brownie points, uh, bring a little something in. So what have you topped this um, this uh, crostini with? We, you here? were mentioning donuts, and I'm like, I'm going to bring in my vermouth, and I don't know if it'll pair nicely with a donut. <laughs> so why not have caviar for breakfast? So little little tobiko, little creme fraiche, peppercorn, crostini, little rosemary. So, so the rosemary's from your garden? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time that we... Uh, dug into this we're going to take a little break and then uh, we come back we're going to have more with jacob cheney talking about mixology he's the champion top drink winner for napa valley and you can find him over at bricks we'll be back with judd's napa valley show and now back to judd's napa valley show with your host judd fingelstein and his guest Jacob Cheney. Right on. Thanks, Lauren. Wow. You're welcome, Judd. Caught me off guard a little. Jacob, our, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, he brought this great food, and I, I didn't realize we were at the end of the break there. Caviar, goat cheese, crostini, your house-made vermouth, fantastic pairing. The the uh, nice herbal qualities of the vermouth, going with that ooh, the little brininess of the, of the caviar and the earthiness of that goat cheese, the little... Um, the spice, the herb of homegrown rosemary, fantastic. 
Thank you. Thank you. I almost didn't want to get back on the mic. I'm enjoying. <laughs> I'm going to take one more little sip here. Mm-hmm. Can I get a vermouth break, please? Mm-hmm. I just took one. Why not you? So you work over at Bricks. Bricks okay. Restaurant over in uh, Yachtville. Yeah. And um, what what do you see happening over there? Do you see, you know, since you're behind the bar, are there seasonal trends in drinking? Are people drinking certain drinks at certain times of the year? Uh, we just finished Cinco de Mayo, but you served up quite a few margaritas. Yeah, I mean, yesterday people were drink, still drinking tequila coming in. Uh, yesterday, which is the day after Cinco de Mayo. They're still in it? Uh, they were yesterday, so <laughs> the hangover might might not be too good today. <laughs> um, I mean, being at Napa, you have a lot of wine, you know, uh, uh, and cocktails are are, are basically uh, something a little more refreshing after a long day of wine drinking yeah. uh, or wine tasting uh, the, the, that'll complement uh, uh, a beer or so. So it's it's just a nice alternative if you if you have wine all day. <laughs> oh, certainly, you know, I think that's what first turned me on to cocktails as well you know being in the wine business and growing up in it basically you know even as a little kid i would have a little wine with my folks at dinner and they'd let me taste and grew up in the cellars you know tasting out of barrels and blending and checking wine and and uh yeah i still love wine absolutely, oh, absolutely. You know, it's the top of my top of my list um it's the but, heart and soul of napa you know but you know variety is the spice of life and when i discovered cocktails and the immediate gratification that you can gain from making a cocktail where you can experiment, you know, as a winemaker would with layers and flavors and complexity of flavors uh, in a drink, you have the immediate results. You don't have to wait the years (laughs) for a wine to age in the barrel and then put in the bottle and age some more and then open uh, up and let breathe and see how it changes, Absolutely. which is all fascinating and intriguing. I mean, you could you could barrel age a cocktail nowadays, so it, it's uh, that's changing in itself. So, but oh. uh, but you're right, uh, it's it's nice and refreshing. You get the, the the immediate satisfaction. That's it. If something's not quite right, you just shake up another one, tweak yeah. it or stir it or whatever. And I think that's what really first drew me to it. And uh, you know, I started having these cocktail parties when I was in college and everyone else was having keggers and and you know they were dressed up and you had to wear a coat and tie to come to my pad and drink cocktails and it was fun. It little, kind of, little little pinky out while drinking. Well of course. You know we are fancy. <laughs> I don't think I enforce the pinky roll like drink a, I went to school in Arizona. You probably would I wouldn't have survived the night if I had people putting their <laughs> pinkies out. But it was a hit. Folks got into it and um, you know nowadays there's a whole cocktail culture that absolutely used to be a little more underground and now it's it's the thing yeah i mean new york and san francisco now it's pretty much any big city uh, and 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 spreading uh absolutely you see a lot of a lot of trends a lot of barrel aging as i said oils foams uh carbonation i mean it's 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 a creative mind and and you just want to see something that tastes good and, and and something you haven't seen before all right, speaking of things you haven't seen before, uh, can you give us some examples of things that um, you think are just over-the-top folks trying too hard? Because I see a lot of that as well, where people behind the bar really, I don't know, maybe a little too full of themselves and think they're yeah, really onto I mean, something. Like, like, uh, what, what have you seen that's just ridiculous? Like a, like a, like a high-end super vodka with like gold shavings and... And blue cheese, olives, and yeah, it's 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 too over the top. You want something that's a little more on the rustic side. Somebody that has has a passion making the cocktail, but it but but can make it at home. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's fair. I mean, 
high-end vodka with blue cheese and gold shavings. <laughs> it doesn't sound bad, but maybe a little overkill. Yeah, <laughs> a little a little caviar rimmed martini glass. There you go. Right. What about what about in the foamer? <laughs> you seen some strange foams? I've foams. I mean, weird. foams has its place in the culinary field. You ha- you still have chefs in Napa doing foams on a plate mm-hmm. and it compliments whatever it may be on on, uh, on it. Uh, it's just the texture. Uh, it's the texture that that that, that really helps, uh, and and sometimes it's a little over the top, <laughs> a little too foamy. Yeah, yeah. Or some strange flavors. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of what I had. I think it was actually. That's funny that you said cheese. There was, yeah, it was a, like a, somebody had added. Um, Blue cheese. It was. Mm-hmm. I, I forget which type. I mean, of course, they didn't say this is blue cheese. They right. Said, this is a, you know, named the town in Italy where the mold came from. You know, <laughs> foam. Microsports. You know, and I'm yeah, and I'm topping your cocktail with it. And I thought, you know, maybe this is. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, blue cheese um, vodka martini is 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 something that that's, that, that can it's be delicious. quite yeah, it's delicious. Um, but uh, it's it's the blue cheese. It's not the vodka <laughs> that'll make that drink. <laughs> Well, I do enjoy the creativity that I see out there, you know, advancing the art of mixology. But it is nice to get back to basics. You know, um, I have been involved in cocktails for, <clears throat> excuse me, just had another sip of that vermouth while you were talking. I just gave it away. <clears throat> Pardon me, it's delicious. Um, I've been involved in cocktails in the sense of, well, certainly enjoying them, making them. Uh, we have a cocktail appreciation guild here in Napa Valley where we have guest presenters come and educate us about certain aspects of mixology and distilling, and we do field trips. We've even done a field trip up to uh, Bricks not too long nice. ago. And um, I certainly appreciate the creativity. I'm always seeking out what that particular bartender slash mixologist is proud of. That's usually the first question I ask uh, before even looking at the uh, cocktail list. Like, what are you proud of? What do you want to make? That's what I want to try. And sometimes I get something spot on, and sometimes I get something that's a little convoluted. Yeah. And uh, I often seek out the things that have, you know, more than uh, four, five, six, seven, eight ingredients. But said, oh, that sounds so weird. It must be good if they're serving <laughs> it here. Oftentimes it is. Oftentimes it isn't. But recently I got grounded. Um, I was out with um, my mother and my aunt, and my aunt ordered. Well, I ordered something crazy off their list that just had, you know, a dozen ingredients. I said, well, this sounds too bizarre. I've got to see what it's all about. Um, but my aunt ordered a martini, just gin. It was actually 209, mm-hmm. just dry martini. And I took a sip of that. I said, oh, my goodness. Take me back to basics. This is the best drink of the night. Nice. You know, I get so caught up in seeing what's the next thing. What are people doing to impress that it's easy to... Um, look past the obvious and get back to the basics. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to martinis, we could talk all day about what's the right martini, vodka, gin, vermouth, no vermouth, yeah. how, much, how much water, how much ice. Oh, yeah, all fist fights twists. and duels. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, can, you can search for it online and get 100 different variations of a martini. So, but so what's your martini? If somebody just came up to you or the waiter came up and said, uh, table two wants a martini, and they didn't give you any direction. What would you do? Any direction? I mean, if I was going to drink it, I'd probably do gin-based martini, uh, um, stirred a little bit of a little bit of vermouth, um, maybe about a tablespoon, um, an olive, lemon twist. That's that's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah. Do you have a go-to gin that you prefer for your martini? Two o nine. Two o nine's good. Um, any any type of herbal herbal note. 
Uh, Hendrix makes a great uh, uh, martini. Yeah. I wouldn't put the olive in there, but uh, cucumber. Uh, yeah, I like a little cucumber or lemon. Uh, they do. They do a pretty good job as well. Good. So. Good. Yeah, two hundred nine has made a splash here. No pun intended. Uh, in Napa, because of the you know based here in Napa Valley, Absolutely. And their distillery over in San Francisco. So you see that a lot. And luckily, it's a really good gin. Um, it's um, it's also my go-to if I'm going to have a yeah. dry martini. You have uh, you even have uh, limoncellos in Sonoma. You have whiskeys in Sonoma. So Charbet, of course, tequila now. So it's it's yeah. nice. Yeah. It's not just wine anymore. <laughs> it's not. You know, Napa Valley, known, of course, for wines, and I think that's why people come here. But, um, you know, cocktails are certainly making their mark, and there's some very creative, talented folks behind them, which is certainly elevating the art of mixology, and you being one of them. Now, I just said mixology. We talk about mixologists. We talk about bartenders. There was a funny video going around a while back <laughs> about... <laughs> Do you remember that one? It was kind of a spoof on the whole thing, and they, they talked oh, to this yeah. guy. Oh, let's Port- Portlandia did one on... on yeah, on I'm not a bartender. I'm a, I'm a mixologist. <laughs> so what what's your take on that? I'm really into egg whites and eggshells. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, Andy Samberg, right? <laughs> yeah. That was a really funny one. Um, in all honesty, I mean, I don't, it's, don't be over the top. Um, don't get super, super interested in the ingredient. You're, you're, you're serving it. Make, it. make it more of like the serving experience. Uh, you can elaborate. Just don't go over the top, and you'll be fine. Um, it's uh, timing. I'm not going to make you a 10 minute cocktail. <laughs> so not at a busy place like Briggs. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but uh, uh, prep right. I mean, you can make a very intricate uh, cocktail with a lot of time prior, and 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 and, and serve it in a, in a very quick, efficient manner. Absolutely. Well, but what, what, what about the? Uh bartender mixologist what do you consider what what did you put in is it that uh it's that mexican spices i think are going right to my head i can barely talk this is it's vermouth i mean gotten to me so what what do you call yourself are you a bartender are you a mixologist yeah i attend bar i attend bar i I slang booze (laughs) 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 um but uh you have you have mixologists that are that are should be in a lab uh, and then you have the total opposite where you can go to a dive bar and they'll give you a cold beer and that's what you want to talk to so it's it's Complete ends of the spectrum. So, and that cold beer is probably what's appropriate. What yeah, I mean, bartenders anyway. are very adaptable too. I mean, you walk in, uh, <laughs> they, you'll you'll make friends. You know. Yes, you know. Um, a few years ago, I was in New Orleans talking about they should be in a lab, and um, we're there for a wedding, and of course we were down on Bourbon Street, and everybody there is just slinging Slurpees. Nice. Literally, you know, Slurpee machines that have boozy yeah. drinks in them and they just they pull the handle and they give you a drink and it's not my thing i've <laughs> i was about to say i'm not a cocktail snob but i am i mean let's be honest <laughs> i am a cocktail snob I'm not a wine snob but i think it's because um the cocktails are so much easier to control because of the immediate results that there really isn't an excuse for lousy drinks you could you could fix them in a snap uh, yeah absolutely <clears throat> so very good lauren thank you for the sound effects uh, so in new orleans all I'm seeing are these Slurpee machines, and um, I hadn't really done my research before we got there, but a buddy of mine who's a foodie had, and he said, we've got to go down... Sazeracs. Well, we did have some Sazeracs. Nice. We have to go down to the French 75 bar. Nice. Arnott's, right? Absolutely. So we walk in there. It was the middle of the week. Um, the wedding festivities weren't going to start for a couple days. We got there early. And honestly, there's nobody in there, in the bar, the, the restaurant was doing and we sat down, and the you know, white-jacketed bartender said, you know, what do you have? I said, look, we're just trying to escape 
the Slurpee machines on Bourbon Street. So I used. I said, "What are you proud of? What are you? What are you making that we should try?" And he got the biggest smile on his face, and he said, "All right, all right." And he took a key out of his jacket pocket, and he turned around. And he opened a cabinet, and he pulled out bottles. Some of which, I kid you not, just had like a, a computer printout label that said lab sample. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> so I knew this was going to be good. He said, this stuff, I don't even pour for the restaurant. This is, this is just the real special stuff. And we, we actually didn't even make another stop that night. We stayed there the rest of the night, just having this That's guy awesome. dazzle us with his art. Because at that point, I think he was appreciative of somebody who was appreciating his skills and the time that he had put in to learn this craft instead of someone just walking in for a Slurpee or a bottle of beer or something yeah. like that. We had the best time. You know, we made friends. We, I've acted as their ambassador. You know, oh, you're going to New Orleans. you got to go in. you got to check that out. And it was a great experience. It really opened my eyes to the artistry Absolutely. of Absolutely. I mean... And, uh, and, and, and proved make friends with the bartender. <laughs> you will get such better service than a drink. Yeah. A, a bartender will, will go to work and come in with a, with a bottle opener, but a mixologist will probably come in with a couple bottles of, of some random stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Stuff that he or she is just proud of and really it, wants really to Really into, wants to work with it. They might not have it at the restaurant. Something he made last night <laughs> after a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. So he said, you know, this stuff isn't for the restaurant. Um, how much leeway do you get from the restaurant that you work with? Are you able to be as creative as you want? Or do you have to work within some guidelines as far as putting a cocktail menu together? I'm sure if somebody came up to your bar and asked you for a drink, you're going to make it no matter what Yeah, it, is, it just but... depends on the overall... Um, Environment. If you want to have a, a creative bar program, you have to go a little, put a little bit more effort than than your typical olives, maraschino cherries, limes, and lemons. Uh, so if they're if they're if the managers, owners, whatever that may be, are interested in, in the cocktail program, there's there's a lot of leeway, especially when there's a kitchen that you can use an abundance of different types of produce. And do you feel with. that's true with where you are now? Oh Bricks? yeah, I mean, we, Bricks has a garden out back that you can you can walk right outside and pick something and create a cocktail with so it's yeah i have no complaints in, in that regard so is there anything on the list right now that uses something from your garden or anything in development yeah, um we have a lot of a lot of greens right now that are growing um but um there's some lemon verbena back there in just a couple of weeks with this not uh with a snap of weather everything's been shooting uh so yeah, a lot a lot really of warm. lemon verbena we we use that with a little bit of green chartreuse, some lime, makes a good cocktail, nice refreshing cocktail. Ooh, that sounds summer. good. Yeah. Tell me more. What else are you using from the garden? This is exciting to me. Uh, eventually, we'll use a lot more produce, and the summer it gets there. Right now, it's a lot of greens. So there's some mint, there's some rosemary, some lemon verbena, as I said. Um, what else? There's some citrus that we use too. Uh, some Meyer lemons. Um, little bit of Meyer lemons that's almost out of season mm -hmm. uh, blood oranges we get blood oranges from our neighbors uh, it's it's nice it's it's a nice environment yeah our, our regulars that come in just drop off produce it's oh is that right yeah absolutely and do they say I'll be back in 20 minutes turn this into a cocktail <laughs> Not, no because <laughs> I would do that they're more looking for like the free drink afterwards so <laughs> exactly well that would be my angle too I guess absolutely like, here, here's yeah. some stuff from my garden <laughs> Uh, come up with something great. And I'll it's be back. It's usually better than the stuff we order, uh, in all honesty. So it's nice. 
Yeah, there are very few better growing areas for a wide variety of herbs, vegetables, fruits than right here in Napa Valley. So I've got to imagine that's got to be a great part of your uh, artist's palette. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially if you have some time, uh, start growing uh, before the season. Uh, then you can actually work with a lot of different ingredients, yeah. So where do you like to go when you're not working? You probably get out to have a drink, a meal. Bars, restaurants, you just sit at the bar. Name names. Uh, name but names. This is, this is the Napa Valley show. Let's live in let's Sonoma. Let's... Oh, you live uh, in Sonoma, though. Well, that's okay. EDK is a, is a uh, hot monk in Sonoma. Those are two two very nice ones. Um, Girl in the Fig. Uh, Napa side, Fajani's is a great bar cover. You know, name name a couple drinks that you like if you if you have favorites at these bars, so folks can couple go out. Couple drinks, yeah. I like mean, if you go to Fajani's, great Negroni, great famous Negroni. for their Negroni yeah. on tap. Absolutely, uh, the city actually did that. Uh, there's a couple different um, restaurants in the city that, that that did that prior, but they do a pretty good Negroni there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, great view as well. Um, oh, if you get up to the top floor. Yeah, uh, Farmstead has some good. Good cocktails. Goose and Gander has some good ones. Uh, La Condesa has some great margaritas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just recently they've got they've got a beautiful margarita list. I mean, purists would they call them margaritas if they have all these other extraneous <laughs> uh, ingredients? I don't know, but I'd call them good. You know, they're certainly margarita based, and they throw in some kind of some obscure liqueurs too that they're sourcing yeah. from Mexico. They're, they're muddling really cool. corn there, I think. Yeah, muddling corn. <laughs> Those corn muddlers up there. <laughs> It's fun. I mean, uh, it, it's five, six years ago. We didn't have the cocktail culture that we have now in Napa, and it's just growing. So it's it's nice to see that. Oh, you're right. You know, it used to be, and this is why we founded Foam. That's our Cocktail Appreciation Guild, Friends of Ardent Mixology. Nice. Is because several years ago, even in Napa Valley, you know, it was just wine. It was all about wine. And I'm not complaining. I'm in the wine business. That's fine. However, as I said, I like to go out and have a cocktail once in a while. And it was very hard to find good drinks. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, uh, it was hard to find a bartender that could make them because the, the program wasn't there. So yeah. It wasn't there. There wasn't the support. There wasn't the training. So we started this group in order to educate ourselves as cocktail enthusiasts and to show the industry, the restaurant industry, that there are folks out there like us who uh, want good cocktail programs. Yeah. And complement it with, with awesome food from Napa. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. This is the part of the show where I would normally ask you, Jacob, do you go nuts for donuts? However, <laughs> however, <laughs> we spoke earlier, and apparently you're not much of a donut guy, so you are my guest. I am your host, and I did not want to offend you by bringing in donuts here. You said you're more of a banana in the morning Type yeah, of guy. It, 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 you can take it in the car, eat it on the way to work. So I stopped at the store on the way in when I would normally stop for donuts. <laughs> and they don't quite have the selection of bananas that you would for donuts because normally I would offer you a choice of four to six different donuts. Yeah. You wouldn't see it. would be secret, but uh, you'd pick a number. I'd give you that donut. You'd take a bite. However, I do have a banana. Nice. Awesome. It's... Um, <laughs> It is organic and uh, fair trade. Cool. From Peru. That sounds amazing. And lovely. I mean, look at the perfect crescent shape, just the proper amount of ripeness. So this banana is for you. Thank you, sir. If you wouldn't mind. This is normally when you'd be taking a bite of a donut. <laughs> Try that out. See if it's okay. Peeled like a, a seasoned professional. Taste check here. Have a bite. 
Now, while you're munching on that banana, this is, I also call this the dumb question segment of Mind the show. Mind you, it pairs horribly with the vermouth. Well, good to know. Okay, <laughs> this is where I'm going. What would you, this is so dumb, what would you recommend uh, mixing up to go with that uh, organic, fair trade, Peruvian banana? I've seen it. I've actually seen it. I've seen I, um I've worked uh, at a Mexican restaurant in Southern California where they actually blended uh, bananas in the margarita, and it wasn't bad. Sounds uh, more like a Jamba Juice. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it'll, it'll sell, but uh, it was pretty tasty, especially if you have it for breakfast, which I don't recommend. No. <laughs> so what would you do? Uh, I, I'd probably I'd probably make it into like a little little tostón, something a little more on the crispy side. That you can you can. Well, how does that work? Uh, you, you fry it, press it, and fry it again. Add a little salt, and it's a nice chip. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Serve that on the side with a little, uh, what, what would your cocktail? A little sea salt, drink? maybe, on the side. Yeah. Cocktail, probably tequila. Yeah. Just neat? No, probably a good mar- a good good margarita. I mean, all you need is tequila, lime, and agave to, to make a, a really good margarita. So, uh, yeah, probably that. That'll complement it quite nicely. So fry up the banana. Make it into a little plantain. Little three ingredient margarita and and you're good. So your margarita would be lime juice, agave, agave, and I usually do blanco. But I mean, you can do reposado or anejo. It just depends on how much um, tequila you want to taste in it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I like the the crispness, the freshness yeah, of the blanco. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I like sipping on reposados and añejos, but yeah. the margarita there for some go. reason that the wood flavor kind of interferes with yeah. the enjoyment of the the lime, the freshness. Cool. Right on. Jacob, when can people find you? If they want to come sit with you at the bar at Bricks in Yauntville, what... Uh... I'm usually there four or five days a week um, over at Bricks, uh, 10 bar, daytime, nighttime, a mixture of both. Um, I'm actually headed out out of the out of the country on Friday. Oh, you're so splitting. I won't, uh, yeah, I won't be there for the for the next month or so, but afterwards. <laughs> All right, well. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't show up. You won't be there. Uh, no, do show up at Briggs. And this show, um, it's live right now on KVON, as Lauren always announces. But it also will be podcasted. It will be at the iTunes store at Judd's Napa Valley Show. So in the future, people will still be able to listen to yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, stop by, stop by any time. We can talk booze and food all you want um, when I'm there. Feel free. Yeah. You could also give the folks at Bricks a ring and say, hey, is Jacob working? That happens. And if he is, run right down. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And thanks for bringing that great vermouth and caviar. I mean, awesome. what a treat. What a great way to start the day. You've been listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show with vintner Judd Finkelstein. Theme song by Gordon Lustig. Wardrobe by LaRue of Rutherford. Judd's Napa Valley Show is a Gil Lamar production. This is Lauren Mole saying so long from the world's wine wonderland. Wonderland.